Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. One, two, three. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, the podcast where we tell you everything there is to know about football in the wonderful Southwest Florida area. That's Collier. That's Lee County. I, of course, am Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News, joined by one of my good friends, Dustin Levy. Alex Martin could not join us this week. He is out on an assignment. Also, props to Amanda Inscore, our wonderful producer on the ones and twos. Dustin, now in week five of the regular season, a lot of football we've seen, and you actually are coming off a exciting Monday night game. So you're sipping your coffee, you're a little bleary-eyed. We filmed yeah. this early on a Tuesday morning. I know you were up late on a Monday, so how you feeling this morning? Yeah, we had some week four games on a Monday. Stero coming away with a win, North Fort Myers coming away with a win. That was the game I was at. But yeah, uh, a little uh, took me a little longer to get up this morning. It was a long game at North last night, but I'm ready to go. This is a rite of passage when you're covering football in Southwest Florida. It's not only the lightning delays, but it's covering the games on a Monday or on a Saturday morning. I've covered a Saturday morning high school football game before, or Laley played on a Saturday night last week. So you're getting a feel, get, getting to know what it's like to cover football in Southwest Florida. So that's a lot of fun. A lot of good games last week. We had our very first district games in week four. We're going to recap all of week four's action before we preview week five. And once again, let me remind you folks, district games are the ones that count towards the district title. Duh, obviously. But those are the only games that count. When you look at the district standings, it's only how you did against your district opponents. That is important because a district championship guarantees you a spot in the playoffs and guarantees you a home game in the first round. And so if you can win those district games, you're getting closer to a district title. Dustin, with that in mind, when we talk about district wins, which team had the most important, possibly the most meaningful game win in week four? I think there are a couple teams I'm thinking about here. The game I was at last Thursday, Dunbar-Charlotte, I think that was the first real test for Dunbar. Absolutely. And they won pretty convincingly, especially that second half. They started slow. They've been starting slow all season, but they ended up winning 34-21. Charlotte, you know, they're known for their defense. They had only given up like two or three touchdowns coming into that game. Last season, they only averaged uh, 18 points against, and you know, Dunbar put it on them. Their running game was incredible. Uh, Coach Coach Sammy Brown was saying he could have run through some of the holes that, that the <laughs> running backs were running through. But Barry White and DeAndre McCutcheon just running through huge holes, but also what they could do in open space, really, really impressive. And, of course, that Tiger defense. There's just player on player on player that can come up and make plays. Jeremiah Livingston forced a fumble. Kelby Tyree, a cornerback, came up with an interception. Avian Rice, I think this was the first time I've seen him live in a game. He was incredible, but overall really impressed with that. I think they have a bye this week, so that was a really good win for them. Dunbar really intrigues me, and we're going to get into more of a debate here later in the show about uh, what the best teams in the area are because I've not seen them live. I rely on your reports, Alex reports um, from these games, so I'm reading what happened. I'm looking at the score by quarters, all that. Every week, it's, it's someone different. It's another star stepping up. It's another name that I don't know. They just are so loaded with talent where if, if a guy like uh, Barry White can't get it done, you know, DeAndre McCutcheon can, they can throw the ball, whether that's uh, Landon Winterbottom or Davion Palmer. Just, just how loaded is this, this Tigers squad? 
Well, one thing that I really like to see is what they were doing with Palmer and Winterbottom, uh, because they they each offer something kind of different. Palmer kind of has that poise, that experience. He, he knows what to do. He got most of the snaps, but Winterbottom, you, you can see why they want him in the game, especially for next year. He's a junior. Great arm talent. Like Sometimes a little too hot for the receivers, but mm. really, really talented player. They have a great chemistry in, in getting uh, both quarterbacks in the game there. Fantastic. Well, let's go down to Collier County for my most surprising, or not most surprising, most important win. And I want to give some love to Gulf Coast, a team I don't think we've talked about much because in week one I saw them. They played Naples. A lot of teams don't look good when they play Naples. Then they were off. So two week, the first two weeks of the season, we only saw Gulf Coast once, and they lost pretty badly. They've now won two straight games. They go up to Lakewood Ranch and win convincingly, 37-14, to quarterback... Connor Barrett throws 340 yards. I believe it's – I know it's a career high, but I believe it's a, his first 300-yard passing game. Just the one touchdown, but they didn't need it. They got it done on the ground as well. So very, very impressive game for them because what I mentioned earlier, the district standings. Gulf Coast this year moves up into Class 8A, the largest classification in the state of Florida. And because of that, they're not playing these local teams. They're stepping up to the Bradenton area, to the Sarasota area, and that – district is loaded with you know sarasota riverview lakewood ranch the team they played is not one of the better teams in that district however it's a long road trip you're going all the way up to bradenton and just to get that win and to get it convincingly i thought was very impressive by gulf coast and now they've won their past two games i think the combined score of 75 to 14 the sharks really starting to feel it got another test this week coming up with bishop Vero. Which, that's a, that's a good transition. Oh, yeah. Let's lead into that. That's a game that we all picked Bishop Rowe to lose based on the first three weeks of the season, what we had seen from the Vikings. And we just learned, man, they played Port Charlotte. They beat them 30-16. Bishop Rowe is just a different team with Chris Graves on the field. Any team would be Chris Graves, the two-way defensive back, wide receiver of Bishop Rowe, who is committed to Miami crazy explosive what did you think when you saw the numbers of a uh, chris graves on friday yeah chris graves is back and he's back in a big way L- like we were saying last week like the big factor in that game was whether he was going to be on the field because when he's on the field th- there's there's just such a huge difference for the vikings yeah he was in- incredible this week taking the first <laughs> the very first play of the game 80 yards for a touchdown he had a game ceiling pick six he had a, a very nice game. Nine receptions for 186 yards with two touchdowns. And again, that's while also playing defensive back. He shut down that Port Charlotte team, a, a big public school coming down. So very important win for the Vikings. Our game of the week last week is a game we haven't even touched on yet because there have been so many crazy results. South Fort Myers goes down to Baron Collier, and they win 21-10. to A very impressive showing by the Wolfpack. It's a game I was at. It was an odd game because the teams were going back and forth the first quarter and a half, and then it started to rain. You know, we had the, the severe weather up in Lee County, which caused the cancellation of three games, or four games actually, to be moved or postponed. When I heard that, it, it was beautiful down in Collier County. I'm like, oh, well, well, then the end of the second quarter, the rain starts pouring. It rained the entire second half, and it was just a strange game that Baron Collier had these two long drives in the third quarter, and on those long drives, they got into the red zone, but they only ended up with three points, and in between those two drives, South Fort Myers returned to kickoff. Jerry Cooper, I believe it was 80 yards, 90 yards, for a touchdown, returned to kickoff, and that was it. South Fort Myers only ran two plays in the third quarter, so a very fast game, but I was impressed with what I saw from South Fort Myers, and now they're tied with Laley and Naples 
for first place in the district. So South Fort Myers, 4-0. and Does that surprise you, Dustin? Not at this point. I, I looked at that score uh, last Friday, and I thought that's a legitimizing win for them. And, you know, I, I was curious from your perspective, was it as legitimizing as I think it is, or was it a little fluky because of the weather? What did you think? I think it was a little fluky. You know, Willis May, South Fort Myers coach, said that they were worried about Baron Collier quarterback Dylan McNamara all week. So they, they made an effort to shut him down. However, and I think he finished like 8 for 23 or something, Baron Collier dropped a ton of balls. Mm. They dropped about at least six balls that I counted right through hands, and I think that was just a, a wet ball wet game. It's the first game of the year where you've played in weather like that. But Baron Collier did move the ball, and Mark Jackson, the head coach, even admitted that afterwards, or said that afterwards. He said, we moved the heck out of the ball. I told you, three drives in the in the, in the the second half, they got inside the 30. Once they had first and goal at the two-yard line, but they lose a fumble on a bad handoff exchange. So it's not like South's defense really shut them down. I will give credit to Baron Collier's defense for shutting down South Fort Myers. They only scored 14 offensive points. Of course, South has so many athletes, they can get it done on defense and special teams, which we saw with the touchdown. But I was very impressed. South Fort Myers definitely deserved that win and earned it. And now I'm already looking forward to this uh, Naples-South Fort Myers show. And that's going to be a crazy yeah, one. Definitely looking forward to that one. And you know, credit to South Fort Myers. They're, they're a team that we've kind of slept on, but Duncan Smith has been getting it done since here Trice. I see him, his name every week scoring for that squad. What else in uh, Lee County before we uh, keep talking about Collier? Because I got some other big Collier wins I want to mention. How about this? The one that popped out to us and one we disagreed on last week, Cypress Lake over Island Coast. Low-scoring game. Cypress Lake wins 14-6 to to, I believe, get back to 500, right? Are they 2-2, are they two two, Cypress Lake? Yeah, they are improving that record. And I just point out they forced eight turnovers yes. in that game. That is a little concern, concerning for Island Coast, but also big credit to Cypress Lake. Five fumbles, three interceptions. They call their DBs the, the seatbelt committee, something like that. I think I read. Per, perhaps I am uh, old, and I felt old when I read this because it was the first time I thought, "What? What? What? What does that mean? Does that mean they lock people down? Is, is that is that what that is?" I, I, I think so. I mean, it's because they want people to be safe and, and follow the law. <laughs> um, yeah, seatbelt committee. Yeah. Uh, Jarvis Smith, Kanan Sabo, Tadarian Green. They all came up with interceptions in that game. Credit to Cypress Lake because that's a team that we had questions about with having to turn over the staff offseason, but uh, they've uh, looked good so far. And Island Coast, unfortunately, falls to 0-3, a strange situation out there where they had the COVID shutdown. And I've said it before, I think that did affect them pretty hard. Still bouncing back from that. You know, Keep an eye on that. In the future, First Baptist Academy is another one of our 3-0 and teams. They go to Sarasota Cardinal Mooney. Well, I guess we found out from our counterparts up in Sarasota are not as great as they have been in the past, but Cardinal Mooney, a traditionally strong parochial program. First Baptist won and beat the tar out of Cardinal Mooney. Ty Keller, the new quarterback there at First Baptist, throws six touchdown passes, breaking a school record, runs for another. All seven touchdowns by the Lions come from Ty Keller. Very, very impressive game. I, I, I was blown away. Not that they won, because we know First Baptist always is a good program, but just how solid of wins this team has had. They've gone on the road all the way to Massachusetts and beaten a large public school in Andover, Massachusetts. They've gone up to Sarasota and beaten Cardinal Mooney. And guess what? Just added, they get a chance to do it here next Friday. Not this week, but next Friday, October 1st, First Baptist is hosting Palmetto Ridge on their own field. So we're going to see what the Lions have. Wow, that, that'll be a good one. And uh, this Friday, they come home for their second home game of the season. It's, it's amazing to think that they're getting so much of this done on the road. Uh, they'll be hosting uh, Evangelical Christian. That's right. So 
What else? Looking down the list, Bonita Springs gets another victory against LaBelle, who, you know, had the COVID shutdown earlier, and you wonder how much that affects them. St. John Newman wins 38-3. to Southwest Florida Christian, 21-6. to So a lot of those smaller private schools, although I know Bonita Springs is not a private school, pick up wins. Good for them. Laley gets a win. They also are 1-0 in the district. They played East Lee. Any of those popping out to you? Anything else you want to talk about, Dustin? I wanted to talk about the game I was at last night because that was crazy. 12 total touchdowns at North beating Ida Baker, 57-35. As I said, 12 total touchdowns. It was 32-7 to at the half. Wow. Alex can vouch for me maybe on a later podcast that I, I was texting him about, you know, running clock potential. But credit to Baker, they kept fighting. They had two touchdowns from Caleb Staple, who had a fantastic night, over 100 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. And uh, Zach Malpica, I believe he threw a touchdown pass, he caught a touchdown pass, and he ran for one too. He was on the field all night. But the thing is, Baker did not have an answer for. In the first half, they didn't have an answer for this little play where Bo Somerset would fake a run and then dink a little pass over to uh, Jacob Poussin. That went for big yardage every time. And in the second half, Andre Costa, he had a night, four touchdowns, 240-some yards on the ground. Uh, He was incredible. But that game, uh, a lot of tension in that game, a lot of penalties. Yeah, no love lost between those squads. Yeah, just a sophomore, Andre Costa, but of course he has that uh, good blood running through his veins. He is the son of Noel Devine, record-setting running back there at North Fort Myers. So that is our Week 4 recap. We're going to get into more talk and break down Week 5 when we come back on the other side of this break. Let's go! Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com. And by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back in, football fans. So happy to have you here. Adam Fisher at the Naples Daily News, joined by the best man of my wedding, Dustin the Birdman Levy from Baltimore, Maryland, with the Fort Myers News Press. So it's week five. We're almost to the exact halfway point. You know, because there are 11 weeks and there's buys, week six is about what we call the uh, the halfway point. 16 games this week, two of them on Thursdays. We do have six teams on buys. This is actually one of the lighter Friday nights that we've had, only 14 games on Friday night. Before we get into the games, I do want to have a discussion. We mentioned the undefeated teams in the area, and it's a discussion we've had as a uh, newspaper staff the past couple weeks. Every week we do our high school football power poll, our rankings. We rank the top 10. And uh, so far it's been number one Dunbar, number two, I'm sorry, number one Naples, number two Dunbar. And we've kind of discussed just where where they kind of fit in the hierarchy. Now you got South Fort Myers at 4-0. Oh. Hmm. So I'm asking you, Mr. Dustin, <laughs> who, who is the best team in the area? Is it one of them? Or maybe it's uh, one of the other undefeated. Of course, Canterbury and CSN are 2-0. and oh. Should they be number one on the list? I think, you know, switching over to Dunbar may have been the right choice because what I noticed in that game is they still haven't unlocked everything that they have. You know, they started pretty slow in that game against Charlotte, and they still managed to come away 34-21 against a team that, you know, is only giving up, at like, at the most 20 points a game. They have just so many skill position guys that, like, can make defenders miss in an open field. T.J. Abrams, Avian Rice had a great day on offense as well as on defense. Uh, as we mentioned, the, the two quarterbacks, they're getting that chemistry right. The two running backs, such a one-two punch. 
I really like what Dunbar has, the depth, the depth, the depth, the depth. It's, it's, really, it's really nice. I think the uh, determining factor in my mind, and as you're listening to this, you can go check out our rankings right now at naplesnews.com or news-press.com. So the rankings are already out. As we're talking, they have not come out yet, but Dunbar has moved up to number one. I think the determining factor is just strength of schedule. Dunbar's played Bishop Vero, who's ranked in our top ten. Of course, they played Bishop Vero without Chris Graves, which is a different monster. And then beating Charlotte last week is better than any win Naples has. You know, Naples played Golf Coast, who we, we talked earlier. We think is pretty good, but not on the level of, of some of the other upper echelon teams. They go on the road. They beat a Fort Pierce Westwood team that was has a new coach and was coming off a COVID pause. And then they beat Golden Gate, 57 to nothing and a half. And so... Not that it's Naples' fault. They just haven't played the strength of schedule. And I've heard of people around the program before complain that Naples, you know, being in the Collier County Athletic Conference, there's seven public schools in Collier County. They all have to play each other every year. So Naples has to play Immokalee, has to play Golden Gate, even when those teams are down. So that's six games. And then you have to play your district team. So that's East Lee and South Fort Myers. That's eight or ten games right there. So their strength of schedule is going to be down if the teams in Collier County are down. Not that they all are, just that I don't think they have played the schedule of Dunbar. Now, also I want to mention South Fort Myers. Let's throw them in the mix. And I'm very excited that I believe in two weeks, no, I'm sorry, three weeks, Friday, October 8th, South Fort Myers is at Dunbar. Ooh. Who's going to win that one, Dustin? Let's pick games three weeks in advance. <laughs> See, that'll, that'll be an interesting one, and I think the next couple weeks are going to inform how we're going to think about that one because, you know, every week we're like, eh, is South Fort Myers legitimate? And they're proving us wrong week after week. You know, they're getting it done. That Like, it just feels like that program is has built to this point where, you know, they're they're taking all, all, uh, all covers. Let's go down to the bottom of the standings, and Dustin, I, I'm going to throw a curveball to you. I didn't put this on the uh, schedule, but as you came in, we were talking about North Fort Myers, got that big win on Monday night, moved to 2-2. Two and two. Do they belong in the rankings? Should they be the number 10 team? Right now, we have Gulf Coast at number 10 at 2-1 and one after two big victories, but I think if they played head-to-head, I think North Fort Myers would win. That's an interesting one, uh, because North Fort Myers, there's still a lot of questions. What what I really like that I've seen improve on the last couple of weeks is the offensive line. Coach Dwayne Mack credited the coaches for making adjustments to, to make that work better, because they are running the ball so much better. They definitely found something in Andre Costa in, in this game. You know, he actually came in for Keon Gordon, who scored two touchdowns in the first half, but uh, had to leave with an injury. But Andre Costa, when he, when he gets to the edge and gets outside, and you know he he did this time and time again. He would just sprint down the sideline for for an easy touchdown. Like that that kid's got speed, and you know they're kind of working things out. The defense didn't have their best game last night, but they still have some nice players. They're still young on that side of the ball, but I I, I think. Uh, they are proving uh, that they are legitimate. I agree. I think North Fort Myers is on the come up, and I'm 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 intrigued to see what Golf Coast does. You know, with Connor Barrett really maturing, this is his what's it? What did we decide? His fourth year starting, third year at Golf Coast. Like he's a grizzled veteran. Like he's almost a college player at now. So I think there's good things ahead for both of them. So let's get into Week Five again. Like I said, 16 games. I've tagged four big ones here that I'm really excited about that we haven't uh, touched on too much. Of course, you got Bishop Rowe at Golf Coast. We talked about those teams a bit. Palmetto Ridge at Naples. That's a revenge game. We'll talk about that. 
St. John Newman at CSN, that's just always fun, no matter what. Dustin, you're new to here. You haven't been down to Cary County much, but that, that's a huge private school rivalry. That's the two oldest school uh, private schools in Collier County. Anytime they, they play each other, it's fun. This is especially fun with Newman being 3-1, and one, CSN being 2-0. and oh. Of course, CSN coming off the COVID pause. We've seen what that does to teams. But the one I want to ask you about first, two teams we haven't talked about yet because they were off last week, Fort Myers at Lehigh. I believe this game has some sort of uh, rivalry name. I don't know. Alex would be the one to, to tell me that. But Fort Myers had their game canceled last week or postponed because of the rain. Lehigh was on a bye. Are you excited about this one? Oh, yeah. That is going to be a good one just because I'm not sure what to expect. I think both teams have some question marks coming into the game. Lehigh obviously has incredible talent in Richard Young, in Alex Gonzalez, and you can go on and on. But it's about putting it all together, four quarters together. Can they hang with Fort Myers' team that, you know, also has had some concerns, whether they can run the ball consistently. They've given up some points on defense, but they seem to be improving. So, you know, it's these two teams coming at a head at a real inflection point. So that is going to be an interesting one to watch. Fort Myers doesn't need to run the ball. This is the new and improved Fort Myers. This is not the wing. This is not your grandfather's Fort Myers. They're winging it all over the place. Carmen Esposito, I believe second in the area in passing, with 615 yards in just three games. So, uh, no, this is the air raid green wave (laughs) offense. That's going to be a lot of fun. I do want to touch on, we talked about Naples a bit earlier, but Palmetto Ridge at Naples. Now, everyone, remember, it's been almost a year to the day since Naples went to Palmetto Ridge and got spanked. The biggest surprising outcome of any game I've ever covered, and that is not hyperbole. Not to say we knew Naples eventually would lose to one of these teams they've never lost to, Palmetto Ridge, Golden Gate, Golf Coast. That's life. That's the way it happens. But to lose 37 to nothing, the first game in Rick Martin's head coaching tenure, the first game after the legend Bill Kramer retires, people lost their ever-loving minds in Collier County. It was amazing. Of course, Palmetto Ridge continued to be good last year. They went 9-0 and before losing in the regional semifinals. Naples, of course, won the rest of their games before losing in regionals to a, a stacked Miami Central team. So, I've talked to, we're doing a story right now, you can check on uh, NaplesNews.com at the end of the week, on quarterback Stanley Bryant for Naples, who got his first playing time last year at quarterback, filling in this Palmetto Ridge game, and he called it a revenge game. I didn't even have to prompt him. I said, tell me about this game. He said, it's a revenge game. They heard all about it. All year last year, I've seen the Palmetto Ridge kids chirping online. However, I don't know if uh, Palmetto Ridge has the horses this year to keep up with this Naples team, who we've seen is is very stacked. Uh, Dustin, any thoughts? I know this is not your territory, and you don't get to see it, but um, you know, do do you think this could possibly be a good game at all? I think there's potential. I've seen Palmetto Ridge in the preseason. I've seen the level of talent that they have. It feels like if they could put it all together— they could upset someone. I don't know if it's going to come this week or later in the season. I think a big factor, is, is head coach going to be there? Yeah, we don't know yet. I'm, I'm pretty sure he won't be. Chris Tokenen got his suspensions reduced to three games by the FHSAA. Friday's game at Naples would be the third game. They're hoping to get it reduced less to two games, which would make him available. I don't think that's going to happen. Another question, Palmetto Ridge uh, star running back Jaden Booker was held out of the second half or the end of last week's game because of an apparent injury. And they said they were being safe, but I haven't talked to any coaches to find out his status yet for Friday. Uh, Palmetto Ridge is very young, talented but young. Their defense only has one senior on it. 
You know, you got a junior quarterback. He's not a new starter, but he didn't start last year. And so they're trying to put it together. I don't know if it'll be a close game, but it'll definitely be interesting because of all those factors we talked about. Dustin, what what else is going on in Lee County? What's a good game? We mentioned Bishop Verreau at Gulf Coast. You know, there's a lot of games I think are going to be close. Not necessarily they're the upper echelon, but you look at like a LaBelle at Immokalee. Does Immokalee get its first win? Probably. <laughs> That's fun. Cape Coral at Estero. Two teams that aren't the best, but can Estero win its third straight game? Yeah, and, and that's been a close contest over the year. I think there, there's an overtime game in the mix there. It's gone back and forth, so that's a little bit of a rivalry. That that could definitely be a good one that comes down to it. Eastley at Bonita. Yeah. Is Bonita going to keep it going? There's a, a good chance for it. Mariner at Riverdale. You know, that that's going to be an interesting one, too. I tell you what's interesting. We, we had talked about it. Two teams got to play a game on just four days rest, really three days rest, Tuesday through Thursday. Estero hosting Cape Coral after winning a game Monday night, and Ida Baker hosting Northport after losing a game on Monday night. Dustin, is that going to be hard for those teams? Yeah, it's going to be hard. And just the nature of that of the Baker at North game, it was just so physical. They had players on the field like nearly every snap. That's going to be tough. Coach Fawcett was saying he's never done this in, you know, all of his coaching career. Like, they're not even going to go over this game and correct mistakes. They got to move wow. on. Yeah. Wow. That, that's crazy, that quick of a turnaround. Because, yeah, if you, a football game, man, you're pretty sore for at least a day afterwards. So that's going to be tough. I will say that the opponents, you know, Cape Coral at Estero. Estero should be favored to win that. I think they could win that. And then... Northport coming down to Baker. I believe Northport is winless. So at least, you know, you got some kind of lesser opponents there. So we will tell you who we think is going to win when we get to our pick segment coming up after this. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week, go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. Where do we go? Welcome back in. Time for your favorite part of the podcast, our pick segment, where Dustin, Alex, and I tell you who's going to win in week five of the high school football regular season. Dustin, let's take a look at last week. We didn't do great. No. Did do terrible. I mean, when I first saw that we had picked like at least four games incorrectly, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. But Dustin and Alex went six and four. Mr. Adam Fisher went seven and three because I correctly predicted Cypress Lake would beat Island Coast. You guys did not. You are... Not Cypress Lake believers like me. You know me, Mr. Panther. So I pick up a game on Dustin, who is still in the lead. Dustin, you are 24-4 and this season. Mr. Alex Martin is 22-16, and and I am sitting right there in the middle at 23-15. and So I believe each of the past two weeks I've picked up a game on you. Are you feeling the sweat? Are you getting nervous, Dustin? Yeah, I'm, I'm barely hanging on here. I'm getting exposed <laughs> my lack of knowledge, but... Uh, but, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get lucky and pick a, a couple good ones this week. Well, you came out hot. You came out racing out the gate. But like my man Ice Cube said, life ain't a track meet. <laughs> it's a marathon. So it lasts all season. Dustin, let's pick these 10 games. Some tough ones here. You know, we, we discussed a lot up at the top. I think there's going to be some really close contests this Friday. Let's hope the weather stays away. But opening up, LaBelle at Immokalee. Immokalee was one of the teams we should have mentioned at the top of the show as being a surprise last week. They did very, very well. They got to play at home. They lost to Pembroke Pines Charter, 34-27 to in overtime. I was happy to see that. Immokalee's had a rough go of it. You know, they lost a lot of players that transferred out under a new coach who uh, has come in and being kind of strict, and Johnny Smith, and he admits that himself, that 
he maybe just might not be the coach for a lot of people, and so they've lost a lot of players. Majority sophomore and freshman. Um, but again, to score 27 points after they had scored 12 points all season, that was great for them. You got a LaBelle team coming in that has not done very well lately. They just lost 44 to nothing to Bonita Springs. Dustin, did the, did the mighty Redwoods out there in Immokalee get a victory? Yeah, I'm going with Immokalee here just based on what they showed in that overtime loss. And it's just hard to, to pick up LaBelle at this point, just not seeing uh, how they're going to find a way to win that game. I agree, and I should have mentioned that even though Alex is out today, he has sent us his picks. He also is taking Immokalee, and I, three, will take Immokalee. So, Redwood getting their first victory. Eastley at Bonita Springs, speaking of teams looking for their first victory, we've talked about them all year, probably more than we should talk about a winless team, but Eastley at some point has to win a game. I believe they're up to losing 19 straight now, but Bonita Springs, man, they just went and won 44 to nothing against a, another winless team in LaBelle. Dustin, tell me about it. Does uh, Coach P.J. Gibbs get his first victory as a head coach? See, I, I do not think that this is unwinnable for Eastley. I think at some point it's going to happen for them. They're putting up points, uh, yep. but you know, just not enough uh, <laughs> to outscore their opponents. That said, I'm going to go with Benita here just to keep it going. You know, Winners know how to win, right? Yeah, they've won a couple in a row. Benita Springs has. If this was at Eastley, I would I would pick them for sure. Because man, I you know me, I want to take some uh, I want to take some chances and to mix it up. But I do think Benita Springs will win. Alex also is picking Benita Springs. Lately at Lake Wells, a, a Lake Wales, a game I mistakenly forgot to research before I sat down in the chair, so I don't know anything about Lake Wells. Dustin, tell me about this game. Maybe I know a little bit more about Lake Wales than you because Probably. I was able to see them in the spring jamboree against. Fort Myers and Palmetto Ridge. Lake Wales went 2-0. So that kind of informs my opinion here. I'm going to go with Lake Wales. You know, I have seen Laley once, and they won, and they won again last week, but it was against East Lee. Now, what class is Lake Wales in? Do you know? Looks like Lake Wales, 2-1 and one in 6A. So they're the same size. And you know what? I have no reason. Again, I don't know anything about Lake Wales, so I might as well pick Laley. I know that uh, Brian Bachman did fantastic last week. The week before that, Gershom Guerriere. We know all about him. So I'm going to take Laley. You hear that, Trojans? I'm picking you. Game we talked about before, Cape Coral at Estero. Who did Alex pick? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Alex picked Lake Wales as well. So this is a game where I can pick up a game and I can tie Dustin. Nice. Cape Coral, Adestero, Estero, of course, on just three days rest, four days after they beat Mariner. Cape Coral, another Cape Coral team coming in. Dustin, who you got? Cape Coral, another winless team. Can they pick up their first victory? I am going to give it to Cape Coral. Whoa. I, you know, this has been a competitive battle in the past, and I think that turnaround from Monday to Friday is just so tough. So just based on how competitive this battle has been in the past, I'm going to give it to Cape Coral. They've been competitive this season. I know it's going to be a tough turnaround, but I do think Estero is starting to find itself. They're starting to find some of that offense, especially with Kendrick Agenor and Jason DeClona, a guy I wrote about last week. You know, both they, they have athletes at Estero is what I'm trying to say. They have skills. And so because of that, even though it is a short rest, I think it'll be a sloppy game. I don't think it'll be pretty, but I will take Estero to win. Alex also takes Estero. Mariner at Riverdale. I know you're a big fan of Mariner and what they're doing. You think they're going to finally get on the uh, the scoreboard or on the win column this week? Good for for Mariner. I saw that they got quarterback Dylan Garner back, um, and they're kind of using him as two-shot with Justin Lewis, which you know I think is a good call. Justin Lewis is a great athlete. I'm going to go with Riverdale coming off the bye. Yeah, Riverdale in this one. 
You know, I, I want to pick Mariner because I think this one can be close. They've, they've gotten a lot stronger recently after two blowout losses. You know, the, the loss to Estero was close. It was 19-14. to 14. But, again, I, I agree with what Dustin said. I'm taking Riverdale. Alex Martin also takes Riverdale. Charlotte at Cypress Lake. Cypress Lake, we gave him some love earlier in the program for, for earning a victory against Island Coast. However, they didn't. their defense looked great. The offense did not. They only scored two touchdowns. That's not going to cut it against Charlotte, I don't think. Do you think the Panthers can keep this ride going? This is tough. I feel bad because I keep picking against Cypress. They keep proving me wrong. Are they going to prove me wrong again? Because I'm going with Charlotte. I was still, uh, even though they, you know, they gave up a lot of points uh, against Dunbar, I was still impressed by them, especially what they were doing on offense. Keon Jones had a, had a pretty good night. So I am going with Charlotte here. Yeah, let's be fair. They played Dunbar as close as any team has so far this year. Exactly. 30, they'll lose 13 points to Dunbar. I think that's pretty impressive, especially on the road, so I also am taking Charlotte. All right, another big rivalry game, a game that needs some kind of some kind of title. I mean, it is a big clash, like I said. It's always fun. Basketball, football, um, volleyball is another big one for these schools. St. John Newman at Community School. Community School is undefeated. They are 2-0, and haven't played for two weeks because of a COVID pause. St. John Newman just won their third straight game or second straight game. They are 3-1 and one and looking pretty impressive. They won 38-3 against IMG Blue last week. Dustin, any thoughts on this? Again, call you not your territory, but what are you thinking? Yeah, not exactly my territory, but you know, I've been picking CSN, and you know, it's been working out for me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with them again. CSN, definitely talented, and I should give them credit. Every time you hear about CSN, you hear about um, – just how smart the kids are, that they're one of the best coach teams in the area. With Paul Silvideo, former Florida State football player, played under Bobby Bowden, and he's a smart guy. He's the CFO of community school, mm-hmm. so you know he's very intelligent. But, man, St. John Newman looking good with a kid named Dawson Jones, younger brother of uh, Jensen Jones, who was Class 2A Player of the Year back when he was at St. John Newman. Now, Dawson not putting up the same amount of numbers, but he had three interceptions on defense last week. Wow. A couple games before that, he had two interceptions, so he's got to be the interception leader. I think Newman is rolling right now, and being that uh, community school is coming off that two-week pause, even though they are at home on that beautiful turf field, I'm going to take St. John Newman. So there's another game we differ on. Nice. Bishop Rowe at Gulf Coast. We talked about all of them plenty. You know I like Gulf Coast. You know Alex likes Bishop Rowe, and I should tell you all, he picks Bishop Rowe, and I, I, I think I forgot to mention last game, Alex also picked Community School of Naples to beat St. John Newman. So this one, Bishop Rowe at Golf Goes. Alex is taking Bishop Rowe. How about you, Dustin? I'm also going to go with Bishop Rowe uh, just because I feel like I've been I've been signing a little Collier County teams. But I think what I said last week about Chris Graves being such an important factor, the fact that you know we know he, he's going to be on the field, I think makes a difference here. Chris Graves might be the most electric athlete they faced, even though Golf Coast did face Naples, who has a ton of great athletes. But, you know, like we've talked about, Chris Graves going to Miami for a reason. But Gulf Coast is rolling right now, and Gulf Coast is at home. Connor Barrett is feeling it. I think they are going to have more firepower on this night. I think they will outlast them. I think it's going to be a game in the 40s. I'm going to say Gulf Coast wins 44-41. to 41. Wow. Sharks. A game that I don't think will be quite that close. Palmetto Ridge at Naples. I'll take the lead on this one. As I said, I was at that game last year where Naples lost to Palmetto Ridge 37 to nothing, and they are fired up. They are very angry, and they are at home, and they're going to be hearing it from everyone, and Palmetto Ridge is not the same team it was last year. Again, they got talent, but they got youth. We've said that a lot. Chris Tokenen, the head coach, may not be there. 
I think Naples is going to win, and I don't think it's going to be close. Dustin, tell me why I'm wrong. I can't. I, it feels like a run-up-the-score kind of game yep. for, for Naples. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sticking with Naples here. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And Alex also is taking Naples. So a game I think it's going to be close as well. It's at Lehigh. It's Fort Myers playing the Lightning. And this Fort Myers, we, we talk about f- firepower. Do they have the firepower to hang with this Lehigh uh, team that's very talented? Yeah, you, you know that Lehigh's going to score, and it's a question whether uh, Carson Esposito is going to continue to improve and, and you know spread the ball around. If this was at Fort Myers, I, I may have leaned a little bit toward them, but I, I'm going to go with Lehigh here, Lightning, to take it. Alex also is taking Lehigh, and I agree. If it was at Fort Myers, it would be a little bit closer, but just being at Lehigh, Lehigh coming off a break, although I guess so is Fort Myers. They didn't play last week because of the weather. I, too, shall take Lehigh. There you have it. Three games we differed on. Alex and Dustin took Lake Wales over Laley. I picked Laley. Alex and Adam got a sterile beating Cape Coral. Dustin took Cape Coral. And Alex and Dustin took CSN over St. John Newman. I'm taking St. John Newman. So, Dustin, that brings us to the end, man. What else is new with you? What have you been working on? What do the folks need to check out? The things that you've been working so hard on? couple good things in the pipeline. One story I've been advertising for a couple of weeks now, but uh, stay tuned for that. It involves swimming. You're still writing about that? <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a good story. Um, it, it's uh, A lot of work has gone into it, but I'm excited about it. And another thing, if you've been to a North Fort Myers game and seen the video board and you're like, wow, that's really cool. I wrote a little bit about that and what's going on behind the scenes there. Fantastic. And I, of course, like I said, I did a feature. I'm doing a feature on uh, Stanley Bryant, the Naples High School quarterback, whose dad, also named Stanley Bryant, was a Naples High School quarterback. And very cool story about how both of them got into quarterback from other positions. Stanley Bryant was the first quarterback under coach Bill Kramer and was the quarterback when Naples made the playoffs back in 1999. First time in 16 years. And now his son is hoping to uh, win a state championship. So that's really cool. But as I've said, you know, we have so much coverage. On our website, we've got volleyball rankings, we've got football rankings, football stats. We preview every single game and provide pr- predictions at naplesnews.com sports, news-press.com sports. Dustin, thank you again for being here. Amanda Enscore, thank you for producing. Alex Martin couldn't be here, but we thank him as well. Come on back next week, and we'll have more info on everything there is to know about football in Southwest Florida. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games.